Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, I'm Janet Morena, Executive Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our program. Well, as you know, with the overruling or overturning, whatever phrase you like, of Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey, uh, the subject of abortion is in the news constantly. People are talking about it. And there's a lot of misunderstanding that goes on out there about the abortion issue right now. Of course, Planned Parenthood and the far left, they're crying and complaining, oh, these women, they're not going to have enough abortions. And of course, we know in so many states, Abortion is still legal till birth, brothers and sisters. And that's why, you know, we have to really pay attention to what's going on in our state. We have to pay attention to uh, the upcoming elections. Very important. We've got to put pro-life people in office from the local level all the way up to Congress. Because now, with this decision, it has gone back from the judicial branch of government to legislative. So we all have to get involved. And what we have to do, brothers and sisters, is understand this issue even more. What happens to a woman who suddenly finds herself pregnant? And she says, uh-oh, I don't know what I want to do. Well, joining me today is someone we're going to chat about that whole process, that thinking process of how you get from maybe avoiding an abortion, thinking you might have an abortion, but you're not going to have an abortion, to making an adoption plan and what that's about. You know, many uh, women, when they're surveyed, unfortunately, they'll say uh, they'd rather choose abortion than adoption because they're afraid of that whole process. Oh, um, I'm giving away my child. Why is killing your child easier than giving away your child? We're going to explore all those things today on our program. And I'd like to welcome to my program, Michaela Williams. Michaela, welcome to the program. Thank you. <laughs> well, you, young lady, had such an experience, right? Yes. Uh, you found yourself in an unexpected pregnancy. Tell, give us a little background about that. Um, I was in college. I was not living life as I was raised to. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. And um, my, my parents divorced whenever I was in middle school, and um, that, that affected some things growing up. And my mother uh, remarried, but uh, her second husband took her life my, the year that I graduated from high school. And so um, at the encouragement of friends and family, I still went off to college. And whenever I was at college, I found myself away from the people who, who knew me and held me accountable and I could live as if it didn't happen. And so instead of going to church, I started going to bars. Instead of being uh, with other believers, I was fellowshipping with people who were not believers. And I met a man who was about 10 years older than I was. He was from another country and um, we began to date. And he kept on pushing marriage three months into relationship, which was a little too soon for me, <laughs> very soon for me. Um, and I, even though I wasn't walking with the Lord, I still felt strongly that I needed to get out. Um, I had come across a letter at his apartment from um, the federal, I guess, <laughs> that was saying his working visa was about to expire. So I kind of put two and two together that he was trying to um, stay here permanently. Yes, stay here permanently. Well, if I marry an American, <laughs> then that solves my problem. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So um, that weekend, I didn't want to break up with him then because it was his birthday. 
Um, we went to a barbecue for his birthday with some other people from his country. And he impressed upon me, it was very important not to turn down food and drink from the people who made it for me. And so I wanted to be honoring of that. And I consumed the, the specialty dishes that they made and we were having a good time, but he made sure that my wine glass was never empty. And there was hard liquor that was served to toast him and celebrate him. And he kept on making sure that I was drinking. Um, that night I was very sick. He still took me home washed me off and had his weight with me. Um, the next morning, as soon as I was composed, I drove home back to Oklahoma um, from Texas and ended the relationship. Um, then about three weeks later, I found out that I was pregnant. Oh boy. Yeah. Let's talk about that uh, just for a minute, because uh, that's, you know, the scenario like, oh, and suddenly now I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. The guy is out of the picture, yeah. right? You, you yeah. put him out of the picture, you went home. What was going through your mind at that very moment? Like, oh my gosh, you know, when you got that little pregnancy test and you're looking and it says pregnant, mm -hmm. what were your feelings and, and like, what did you do initially? Honestly, it was something that I wish that I could have like taken out of me for a second, just put it on a shelf so that I could look at that and be separate from it. But in that moment, God is already knitting the mother and the child together. You are already feeling the effects of the child. And um, it was it was really difficult because I always wanted kids. I always wanted to be a mom. Um, and I knew that children belonged in a family of a mother and a father. That's how God designed it. And, right. you know, even I was a child development major in high school, and I knew the studies and statistics about single moms and single parents and, and kids who had fathers in their lives. And I knew that I, my, my child needed a father. Um, but I knew that marrying the, the man, the, her birth father, was not going to be the right. It was not an option. Yeah, it right. was not an option. So. so did you, like, how did you find out you were pregnant? Did you go to an, an abortion clinic, Planned Parenthood? Yeah, um, Planned Parenthood was on the corner of my Christian college campus. <laughs> so, which, oddly enough, I think is, that, that is not right. Um, so I went in to get the pregnancy test because at the doctor's office, they require you to have proof of pregnancy to uh, get in with a specialist. And I was really sick. I lost about 30 pounds my first trimester because I was so sick. Um, and so I had to go in to get medical care. I let the birth father know that I was pregnant and he of course offered marriage again. I was like, no, that's not happening. Um, I need to take care of this. I need to go to the doctor. Uh, you can support me you know, financially getting this doctor appointment because I'm really sick. I need to get some medications to stop you know, the nausea. Um, so he called me a liar. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> so I went to Planned Parenthood. Um, they took me back. I took the pregnancy test and they did the sonogram, but I didn't know that that's what they were doing at the time. They didn't tell me that that's what they were doing. They didn't right. turn they on didn't, the monitor right. or let me see or hear the heartbeat, but right. they were confirming that there was a pregnancy. Right. So um, they gave me my options and uh birthing the baby was like the last one was kind of swept under the rug. And they were like, well, in your situation, um, your early pregnancy, this would be very easy. We could give you this cocktail of pills and this would be the procedure. And it, it, it'll be like a bad period. It'll be fine. You won't right. experience any. And they were talking or. about the chemical abortion. That's what yeah. they were talking about. Yeah. Giving you RU486. You would have taken one pill there. You would have mm -hmm. went home a couple of days later, taken the second pill and aborted your own baby yeah. at home. I mean, yeah. that's what 
they were yes. you know, billing for you. Yeah. 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 And they and they were advocating. They're like, well, this is this is rape. You should just go ahead and abort the baby. It's yeah, that's what you should do. Well, see, that's an important point right there. Mm -hmm. uh, you had what was really called like a date rape. Yeah. You did not agree to having sex with this guy. Mm -hmm. You know, he got you uh, you know, drunk basically yeah. and then took advantage of you. Mm -hmm. And it's so unfortunate that both Planned Parenthood, social workers in hospitals, when a woman has been raped, the first thing they're offering is abortion, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So so tell us about that decision-making process. Now, here they're trying to sell you on an abortion. Mm -hmm. You would go in there thinking, okay, confirm the pregnancy, then I can go to a doctor and get nausea, yeah. nausea medication. Yeah. So you, you already made a connection to keep the baby, right? So yeah. I'm going to give birth to this child, right? Yes. Yeah. In your mind. But here they were selling abortion to you mm -hmm. how did you feel how did you respond or did you just kind of keep quiet and say let me get out of here i mean what were your feelings well you know honestly it, it did occur to me and i i listened to them i was like okay i could this would be totally understandable in my situation and, right. and no I, one would have to know yes no one would have to know right. i would continue on but mm -hmm. i knew that that was not that right. that was at the core like psalms 139 god has created each one of us intentionally right and knitted us together in our in our mother's rooms and so i knew that 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 couldn't be an option i did consider it but i left then with my proof of pregnancy and I didn't return back. Um, just continue. Thanks be to God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> so now you went to a regular doctor and, you know, got the care you needed. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that whole thing. Now, were you, were you still at school or you went home? I was at school. Yeah. I was While you were school. pregnant. Mm -hmm. So where yeah. did you give birth? At, in the, by the college or you went home? Yeah. But, uh, I stayed in Oklahoma and I you know, had, had the baby there. Um, so you were able to stay in school. Yes. You didn't have yeah. to quit school. No. See, that's another mm -hmm. fallacy that they, they build to women like, well, you can't be pregnant and yeah. attend school. Oh, you'll lose your scholarship. You'll be kicked out. This, that. <laughs> you you went through the, that whole next semester with no problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. And gave I birth. Mean, it was it was difficult. Um, well, of course, but, pregnant. And, yeah. yeah but, God, but God was faithful to surround me with people who really supported me well, that was and good. was caring for me. Um so I was, and thankfully, like that was around the time whenever school started doing online classes. <laughs> so I was able to do most of those in comfort of, of my home whenever I was getting pretty large. <laughs> so, um, and God even provided, I have working as a nanny for uh, 11 nanny for some families. And um, one family said, we'd like for you to live with us permanently and we'd like to take care of you. And so God really just provided everything for me. So now you're, you're, you're pregnant and you're going along in your pregnancy. At what point did you start to say, uh-oh, am I going to take care of this baby and raise this baby or should I make an adoption plan? At what point did that enter into the picture? Um, honestly, whenever I found out that I was pregnant, I was considering adoption. Oh, you were? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that was one of the things that I presented the birth father with. That was like, we can, you know, this, this is an option. Um, so... Uh, he, he was upset about that, <laughs> but he also, uh, claimed that I wasn't really pregnant, that I was faking the sickness. I was like, no. <laughs> so, um, was he living in the same state? Where no, you were? he was in Texas and I was in Oklahoma. Okay. So that was at least a, a yeah. distance of leave me alone kind of thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. There's protection there. So, um, I began to research adoption network, um, because of the situation with him being from another country and. I believe he was trying to, you know, 
have an anchor baby, so to speak. I didn't want, um, I wanted to get her as far away from us as possible for her protection. Right. And so I began to, there were, there were local adoption agencies mm-hmm. and Christian adoption agencies, but what was most important to me was to get some space between get her, her and father, state. get her out of state. And they had to be a Christian family. Um, and there were other things that I wanted for my children. You know, it, I want to homeschool my kids. I want to I want them to have a father who is in love with a mother. And um, there were about three families that fit that criteria. And I only interviewed one. And I was going to interview the other family, but then they got an adoption placement and they were no longer an option. So um, I got to connect with Mary and Alan. And they shared with me, I do have some pictures here just of, uh, this is them. This is their story. Uh Um, she was an ice skater and, uh, she, she homeschooled and she already had two kids. So I wanted my daughter to have brothers and sisters. Like, yeah, Yeah, in the family. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, they just met my criteria of being Christian. Whenever I talked on the phone with them, you could so you, tell. But you went through an adoption agency, right? Yes, I went okay. through an adoption agency. Ah, great. So um, I could, whenever I talked on the phone with them, I could tell that the father was so in love with the mother. And I just, I knew that this Well, was especially like you had said, your parents had divorced. Yeah. And you knew how traumatic that felt, mm-hmm. made you feel. Yeah. You wanted to find a couple who were, like you're saying, truly in love. Yeah. Divorce <laughs> wasn't even like on the radar screen. Mm-hmm. Now, tell us about like you're in you're getting near, you're in your ninth month and okay, we're, baby's going to come any moment now. (laughs) These parents that you chose, did they come to the hospital? Were they part of the birth process? Yeah. Yeah. They were, um, we, we continued to get to know each other. Um, I shared with them about uh, enjoying the stars with my dad and enjoying going out stargazing while I was pregnant with her and taking walks and everything. And, and so God just kept on confirming all these things. So we, decided to go ahead and uh, pursue adoption. And I had an inducement date set uh, at the end of the 40 weeks there. And so they were able to plan their trip down. They, they live far away. <laughs> so they planned the trip to come down and we, we were induced and they, they came to the hospital. They had their own room and they were able to hold her as soon as she was born. Oh, how um, beautiful! Yeah, so it was it was really beautiful. So they made a made a connection right away. Yeah, that's. Oh, look at these pictures; they're so mm-hmm. beautiful. Oh, there's the little <laughs> footprints and all that. You know, for confidentiality, I'm not going to turn the book around so everyone can see. Yes, yeah. this, this is <laughs> what I what I think is so sweet here is, um, you know, your your daughter and what's the baby? You allowed to say the baby's name? Um, her name's Aubrey. It was what? Aubrey. Aubrey. So yeah. who picked the name? You or the adoptive the mother? The adoptive mother did. Oh, you let her select the yeah. name? Wow. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's it's their child. So right. yeah, yeah. I, I was totally okay with that. They See, picked the, the middle yeah. name Star and um, God just kept on, people would give me gifts that had stars on them. There was a willow angel that was holding a star uh, and they didn't know the story pretty. yet. <laughs> so uh. it was just God's confirmation throughout it. Somebody gave me a necklace with a star at that time and so I really took it as God's confirmation that this was. So after family. how many days did they now, when all the paperwork was official, mm-hmm. leave to take this little one away from you? How many days was that? And what were those feelings like? Tell us a little. Well, huh? they, um, I believe it was two weeks. Uh, so they stayed two full weeks. They stayed two full weeks. Wow. I, I didn't get to spend that time with her. I spent two days in the hospital with her. 
and then at that point, um, I, I, you know, handed her over to them. They were, you know, we, they had a room in the hospital. They would see her, and I would spend some time with her. And and so, but they did stay in Oklahoma for two weeks as the so, fi- you know, finalization. People, people are always happened. curious about that moment. Yeah. So you're in one room; they're in the other room. Did you actually come into the same room together, or did someone take the baby from you and bring the baby into another room? A for little them? bit of both. Um, uh, the first page was a picture of the birth mother with, um, my friend who made a quilt uh-huh. and, and so oh, yeah, there the birth is, yeah. mom came in or, or the, sorry. <laughs> yeah. The adopting mother, mother came Mary, in. yeah, came in. You're the birth mother. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, you I know. know yep. <laughs> so she came in and they held the baby and I got to meet the kids, her kids as oh, well. Oh, that was nice. So we spent some time getting to know each other there at the hospital as well. But, um, they, they gave me the time that I wanted with her. Uh-huh. Um, the, and I was, I would feed her her bottles. I had her by my bedside and I had that, they were very loving and grace-filled and understanding that I wanted that time with her. Uh-huh. So. But then that very, was there a moment where then you handed her to the adoptive mother? How did that work? Uh, I couldn't do that. I, well, I mean, at first, you know, we did, but the final goodbye, um, I, I kissed her and she, she actually left before I did. Um, and so that that was hard, but I had I had a peace despite the pain that this was the right decision for her. Right. Um, because we were connected, and um, it's. But I knew that this was God's God's plan for her. Yeah. And I knew that this family desperately wanted wanted another child, and so I knew this was right. So I was able Aww. to continue through it. Yeah. So. And so um, life goes on now. You know, mm-hmm. you finished college and. Um, and all that, but this this wonderful um, ad- adoptive mother, she kept touch with you, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. the The birth father did try to contest the adoption. Oh boy. Um. So that that was really unfortunate situation. Um, but the the judge ruled that you know you weren't present and supporting the mother while she was pregnant. So no. Um. So I was really thankful mm-hmm. that they continued on. And she sent me pictures every month. For the first year, um, which uh, I'm I'm in awe because she's a homeschool mom and I'm and a newborn. <laughs> she's still sending me pictures and letters. So they would, you know, send me letters about what she was doing, what milestones she was doing, how she loved to to be read books, how she loved the cat, how she loved the snow. And so I got to um, get, look at the pictures and see the joy on the family's face of of having her and right. the joy in the pictures from her face as a toddler. Um, if you, if you go a few more oh, pictures, few more pictures. Oh, yeah, yeah, here we are. You can, you oh yeah. Here we're growing her. up. Here we're growing yeah, up. Yeah. Oh, she just sweet. has the sweetest smile. And I see you have, um, yeah. um, beautiful letters here too. Yes. Her mother was, uh, so you get to re- write a letter back to her. I would do emails occasionally. Uh-huh. Yeah. So That's I, so sweet. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, very... you were very lucky that she allowed this whole relationship yes. to continue. Yeah. So, how old is she now? She's 15. Oh, my goodness. She's a teenager. Yes, she's a teenager. <laughs> so, do you, are you, does she let you send her a letter at this point or no? I've sent emails and yeah, that's pictures. I communication. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's the extent of it right now. But that was the adoption plan that I chose for her protection. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't met since that day. And, I hope and pray that one day soon we will be able to to meet, to meet in person. So is this considered um, like an open adoption when people hear that phrase? 
Well, this is more of a closed adoption, semi-open, because I receive pictures and information about her via the letters, right. and I can send communication back to her as well. I see. All right. Yeah. But it's not where you're going to actually, I guess when she gets a little bit older, when she's over 18 or 21, and she chooses to say to her mom, mm. she, I'd like to meet my birth mom, you know, um, yeah. then that could then potentially happen, right? Yeah, I certainly hope um, whenever uh, she is, whenever she is ready to meet me, I would love to meet her as well and see their family. Um, but my hope is that she has everything that she needs and doesn't fill a hole or a gap, so to speak. Right. Um, but I, I hope so. I hope so. I've, I've shared whenever I received pictures of her in the past and letters, I've uh, shared it with my husband and my two children. And that's right. So now yeah. you are, you went on to graduate college and you eventually met a yeah. wonderful man <laughs> and you're, you're now yeah. happily married, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Give us a little snapshot about that. Yeah. Well, um, we, we've been married for 11 years and my son Jackson turned uh, 13 and my daughter Brenna just turned 10. And so we've, we've been blessed to homeschool and live in Florida and um, it's, it's been, it's been great. <laughs> so right. they, my, my son, um, I, I would make it a habit of whenever I got the pictures, I wanted them to know about her and to, to pray for her. We pray for her every day, um, for her and her family. And so I would open the pictures and I would share the letter and read to them. And it was really hard because my son at five years old, he didn't understand why he couldn't see her, why uh. he couldn't know her. And so, but God has just made it. I well, mean, now they're older, so they, they are. Understand. Yeah. So I know they desire to know them, to yeah. know her as well. But yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, as, as a woman now who who made that, it's I think is a difficult choice, but it's mm -hmm. it's the right choice Absolutely. as opposed to I have to deal so often with women who've had abortions and the mm -hmm. deep regret and the trauma. Um, because I could tell you were getting a little emotional when I said you had to then finally hand your child over. Yeah. Um, but I think that's different than than the abortion because the abortion it's you're not you're not giving life to that child. You're you're destroying the life of the child, mm -hmm. and then you have to deal with that guilt. And for you, in all these years, like now she's fifteen, you get you still get emotional. Like you miss her. Yeah. I guess I would say you miss your daughter. But tell us about the feelings of but she's in a better place and I did the right thing. So how did you like all these years work through those feelings? Um, I had some resources available to me. Uh, there's adoption, uh, crisis pregnancy outreach centers that provided support for me through counseling that I needed. Um, actually part of the adoption plan while I was still pregnant with her was I had to go see a counselor as well to kind of work through these things to make sure that I was making this choice and I, this is what I wanted. Right. And so I had support and I had the tools to work through the emotions. Um, right. But I, I knew without a doubt that I wanted her to be in a family that was Christian and had a mother and a father. And so having that peace of mind and confirmation from the Lord that um, he gave me through all those little things, like I, you know, I mentioned her middle name is star and God kept on giving me stars and little tokens, necklaces, that's just God's confirmation of knowing that that was the right choice that I made. And right. it, that is the comfort to me whenever I do miss her, whenever I am sad. Um, 
I know that I can look at these pictures and see that she has every single need provided for. She gets to dance. She gets to ice skate. She, she has, um, she's homeschooled. So there's just, there's a loving community around her. There's family pictures in here of her extended family and her mother shares about, um, neighbors. And so mm -hmm. I just, I know that she has a wonderful life that she right. has every need provided for. And that is what brings me comfort and confirmation. So if you could say something right now to any young lady who's mm -hmm. first discovered she's pregnant and, you know, maybe is headed over to Planned Parenthood thinking that uh, abortion is her only solution. Mm -hmm. What, what would you say to her right now about adoption, uh, about making an adoption plan? What, what, Sell adoption for these girls. <laughs> well, I, I have spoken with a couple of girls before. And just like with you, I've I've sat down with the scrapbook of her mother's letters and pictures. And I've shared my story. And I've let them know that they're not alone, that they're not a bad person for letting the thought of abortion into their mind. It's it's just natural, right? We That's, but it's well, society not. society makes it sound like it's a giant eraser. Exactly. Have this, and the problem will yes. go away. But we know the problem, it doesn't it go doesn't. away. It doesn't. It no. doesn't. Well, and I've, I've walked along some friends who have had an abortion uh, and that has been horrific. Yeah. Um, it wasn't as easy as just go home and it's just going to be a bad menstrual cycle. Right. That was not the case at all. Right. And then the long lasting effects that they experienced afterwards and even having trouble getting pregnant and the emotional trauma of that. And yeah. um, there is forgiveness in the Lord. God forgives us and heals us and brings us through. And we know that all those babies are with Jesus in heaven. Right. Um, so but I, a, but adoption is the better option. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> life is, life is always best. There are so many families out there, some who can't have children, some who want more children, some who, um, you know, for whatever reason, one of my dear friends, her husband uh, is unable to have children. And so they've had to go a few different routes. And so there are people out there who want kids so desperately, right. but can't have them. And people and so should understand too, when a couple wants to adopt, there's a whole process. Yeah. I mean, they come and look at their home. They look at their family mm -hmm. situation. They look at their, even their health. Because uh, yes. I know some people who have certain illnesses, they're not considered good adoptive parents. So there's a yeah. whole process that when you're selecting this this couple, they've already been screened. Yes. And you're getting yeah. like the A-list people who are ready and able oh, to take that child. Absolutely. So. And there's a lot of other options. There's uh, crisis pregnancy outreach centers that work to connect the mother, birth mother to be a part of the family and the child growing up. Right. on a daily basis and they help bridge the gap and provide support yeah. to navigate those. So there's all kinds of adoptions. There's closed, there's open, there's, you know, integrative. Yeah. Right. So there's, there's so many options. Well, Michaela, I want to thank you for joining thank me you. today <laughs> and sharing your story. Thank you. Well, brothers and sisters, I hope this helps you to put a more positive spin on adoption and be ambassadors of that message. But before we go, I want to remind you of a few things. First of all, here at endabortion.tv, we have a weekly pro-life news show. You can tune in every Friday night at 9 p.m. You won't see Just Ask Janet. You're going to see The Week in Review, pro-life news with Teresa Watson and Leslie Palmer. I hope you tune in for that. It's a great opportunity to catch up on the pro-life news. And also, now that abortion is being discussed, I want to remind you of a great tool to help you, my new book, Everything You know or Need to Know About Abortion for Teens, also for adults too, go to abortionandteens.com 
and place your order today. So thank you once again for joining me on our program. Until next time, this is Janet Morena, Executive Director of Priest for Life. God bless. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.